The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So, dear Sangha, we are now in the fifth of five talks, explorations on inner and outer harmony. Drawn from the Buddha's teachings on the Saraniya Dhamma, Principles of Cordiality. So just a quick overview, if you just joined us today, welcome. And um, the previous days, Monday was mindfulness and wisdom of benefit for ourselves, others, self and other, and everyone. Tuesday was the benefits of kindness and goodwill internally and externally, personally and relationally. Then was sharing or generosity. And yesterday was the power of ethical consistency or persistence. And today's topic, which the Buddha held as the most important by far amongst these principles or qualities is noble and freeing wise view. Wise view. Ariaditi. So it's um, awakened wise view. And this is a huge topic. It could easily be its own series. And um, today I'm going to mostly explore wise view compared to the alternative, which is fixed speculative views, opinions, buying into our opinions about reality, other people, ourselves. Wise view instead isn't an opinion. It is a perspective, an understanding about the way things unfold through conditionality, how disparate conditions come together and form this moment. Everything that came to now, formed now, all these little interactions. So the simplest and most famous formulation of wise view, conditionality, is a kind of a diagnostic process. Think of the Buddha as a doctor. And that is the Four Noble Truths. First is acknowledging suffering exists. Second is seeing the arising of dukkha, suffering, dis-ease in any given moment. Third is the ceasing, the ending of dukkha or suffering. And the last, fourth noble truth is the path to the ending of suffering. Now, I'm not going to go into detail about this this morning. It's amply covered by other teachers, including a series of Gil's talks for this 7 a.m. online sangha back in 2020, which you can find on audiodharma.org if you want a lot more information. Excellent teachings. Instead, I'm going to talk about how a process perspective, including the diagnostic process perspective of the Four Noble Truths, provides an alternative to being swept away by, distorted by our internal obsessive thinking 
imagination, speculation. And these obsessions are what the Buddha focused on in his more relational teachings about group compatibility, friendliness, getting along, cordiality, because they're quite damaging when bought into and often lead to quarreling. So in Saraniya Dhamma, the principles of cordiality, the Buddha teaches that wise view is being aware of versus obsessed by unhelpful tendencies of mind. And this is incredibly powerful. He specifically mentions being aware rather than obsessed by the five hindrances of lust for sensual experiences, ill will, sloth, torpor, and rigidity, restlessness and remorse, and doubt. Now that, too, is a list that can be amply covered in the series. But just to notice, rather than even trying to remember all of the words I just said in that list, notice when we're hooked and when we're not hooked. More than anything, as I mentioned, the Buddha highlights the freedom from being obsessed by, adhered to speculation. Especially speculation that leads to quarreling, disputing, or as he put it, stabbing each other with verbal daggers. Instead, the Buddha speaks of an alternate way of being, a non-ranking, a lack of need to win arguments or be better than. Rather than being better than or worse than, there's this deep internal respect for differences, relationality among each living person, each living being. This kind of non-comparison is a radical kind of humility. It's an understanding that vast web of conditions, actions, possibilities, past arisings that we emerge from in any given moment. It's well known in Buddhist cultures, and it's known in other cultures too, including indigenous cultures. My dear colleague, Kyra Duolingo, introduced me to Enrique Salmon's idea of kin-centric ecology. This is an understanding that he articulates as that life in any environment, I'm quoting here, is viable only when we humans view the life surrounding us as kin, as kin. Can we see those we disagree with as kin too, rather than winners or losers or some kind of flavor of other or wrong or bad? It doesn't mean condoning behavior or attitudes or opinions of those we disagree with. We're still allowed to have differences and discern what behaviors or attitudes might be harmful or helpful. That too is wisdom. Instead, it means seeing the humanity, the other conditions, or just knowing that they're there, 
the conditions that drive behavior underpin attitudes and understanding that those two come from this interplay of all different kinds of life forces that we may or may not have shared with these others. This takes a deep insight, a radical kind of perceptual humility, an absence of need to have my own opinion or my own speculation be right. And the Buddha kind of illustrates this. There's a story from the ancient um, Buddha's teachings. This comes from the Majjhima Nikaya, the middle-length discourses. And um, it's a story of the Buddha who's sitting calmly, calmly in the forest, meditating, I think, perhaps receiving visitors, I don't know, when along comes this young man, big stick, like a walking stick, right? And his name in the suttas, in the discourse, is literally Dandapani, which means stick in hand. Now, to really understand the resonance of this, you have to understand that the term stick in hand often implies violence. It's kind of a phrase used to talk about violence or quarreling, right? So Dandapani, apparently, the commentaries explain, he's kind of this puffed up debater type amongst many in that era. And he is going out for exercise or walking, comes upon the food is like, ah, someone I can argue with, and begins to kind of provoke the Buddha, asking him what, what he teaches and what his doctrines are. Right? Well, the Buddha answers him, this self-important philosophical debater, he answers him, I offer teachings that quarrel with no one in the world. I do not quarrel with anyone in the world. And apparently he did so with such peace, such equanimity, and such evenness that Dandapani was just completely put off. And they describe him making a very funny face. His eyebrows shoot up, his tongue wags, and he just sort of shakes his head and walks away. So some of the Buddhist followers, I can't remember if they were around or if he just relayed the story afterwards, but um, they asked, well, what did you mean by that? And a senior teacher and the Buddha both explained, explained that the Buddha, instead of adhering to opinions, views, sees the world in terms of dependent arising, conditions arising, and can see the perceptual distortions as such rather than being hooked by them. Now, I am definitely paraphrasing and condensing here. It's quite a deep teaching. But the Buddha is resting in, oriented to the process of understanding subjective experience as it is which is kind of orthogonal to any kind of particular opinion 
So basically, he teaches over and over, if we take our perceptions distorted by obsessive thinking to be reality, that causes or helps to cause conflict, argument, and suffering. The alternative, internally and externally, is to focus on the conditions that lessen suffering and increase peace. The grounding of how we move through the world here and now in this moment versus what might happen there and then, right? Always asking, noticing, where's the suffering right now? Where's the peace right now? It's a great alternative to spinning what-if stories. So noticing being versus being caught by the mind's tendencies towards concoction, speculation, and taking those tendencies with a sense of humor. I just think of the current Dalai Lama's infectious laugh when he's asked, basically, are you fully awakened? And he just laughs and says, my mind tries sneaky stuff on me all the time. But he notices it with compassion and humor. Being aware versus being obsessed is the key because anything, anything we clearly see with awareness is fuel for wisdom, food for awakening. This is where the other qualities of mind we've gone through this week are really supportive, mindfulness of what's beneficial to ourselves, what's beneficial to others. Our attitude is their kindness and goodwill, a sense of sharing or generosity. And the consistency and persistence of always beginning again with kindness. All of these things support us in being able to respond to alleviate suffering rather than perpetuate it in our own minds, hearts, lives, and in the ways we relate to each other. So in the days between now and Monday, if you wish to, you might consider noticing what lessens suffering and what increases peace in your own practice, in your life, in your relationships. So thank you. Thank you, dear Sangha, very much for your kind attention. It's been a joy to be with you.